Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, which is why we are here to explain things to you. We are covering The Mandalorian, the TV show on Disney+. Plus. My name is Dan Morin, uh, and I'm, I'm here because I'm a giant Star Wars nerd, and apparently that's all you need for this job. Uh, we're having a variety of guests on to talk about episodes of The Mandalorian, and here to discuss Chapter 5 with us is my very good friend, podcast partner in crime, Mr. Tony Sindelar. Hi, Tony. Hi, Dan. How's it going? How are the Star Wars? Uh, they're warring. They're in the stars. That's, that's what they do. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of sticking close to the brand there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tony, you and I obviously go back m- many years, more years than I think either of us would care to admit. It's Yeah, it doesn't, the math does not work out well. <laughs> So. It's not. Let's not belabor it's, that point. Yeah, uh, but I will say that I feel like certainly one of our earlier uh, touchstones as a you know in terms of our friendship was Star Wars. I feel like you, I like literally I, don't think there was anything else. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> the thinnest of veneers. <laughs> no, I ah, uh, it was, but it was applied with liberal. Um, there was it was a thin veneer, but it was everywhere. Dan. So it got on everything. There was Star Wars and then there was I guess there was some Magic the Gathering, but there yeah, was Star Wars right. and it was everywhere. It was but it was expanded universe, it was the, the original trilogy, it was it was all up in everything. You're saying so. the Star Wars is not unlike sand. It just yes, gets everywhere. It gets yeah. everywhere. Except it's better. But it's I, except close. it's yeah, and you know, also it's pretty good. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have been watching The Mandalorian as I have, and mm-hmm. we've discussed it a little bit, not on a podcast. I know that seems like a crime of some variety. <laughs> yes. If we we had a conversation that was not recorded, that's very strange. <laughs> I was recording it. So, oh, but, well, yeah. okay. I was not aware of that fact. <laughs> yes. I was, need to consult my lawyer now. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, I want to get your impressions generally now that we are five episodes in. Um, what are your feelings on this show? Uh, what do you think in general? How are you? Are you feeling good about it? Uh, what do you like about it? What do you not like? All right. Well, my feelings on The Mandalorian are very, very positive. Uh, it's I, I'm excited to watch every episode. Every episode feels like both very rich and yet shorter than I want it to be. The the the, the end credits are that bittersweet. Like oh, the, the the art they have over the end credits is so yes. good, and yet also this means the episode is is done, and now I have to wait a week. Um, this is what I wish uh, a lot of other Star Wars, not to point fingers at specific movies like uh, the Solo story, uh, <laughs> were. Uh, it is, you know, and you and I have consumed a lot of now, now, now obsolete <laughs> uh, expanded universe. Not that it was not that not that it was that valuable at the time, as far as fictional universes go. But we have consumed a lot of expanded universe. Uh, material. This is very expanded universe uh, in a way that I like and appeals to me. Um, I like the Western and samurai uh, motifs that we know uh, Dave Filoni loves because they pop up in uh, Clone Wars a lot. I forget if there's any in there's Rebels. A little there's in a, Rebels. There's, there's a, little. a lot in Clone Wars, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the character Cad Bane, who's up there, is one of my. Uh, I, he's you know he he goes to the bounty hunter well a lot, and so it makes sense that if he was gonna they were gonna let him do a show, he would be very excited to do a show that was uh, featured b- bounty hunters in the mm-hmm. foreground. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we get. Yeah, like, can I think of anything bad about uh, the Mandalorian? I don't like Baby Yoda. No, everyone loves Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, you uh, almost really? started you a know riot. What? Well done. <laughs> like literally, the only thing that I uh, dislike about the Mandalorian is that people are so excited about it that there are spoilers on Twitter within, like, yeah. three hours. Yeah, that is, that, is like, especially... that is, like, the worst part about The Mandalorian, is people are so excited that all of the spoiler norms are blown out, and you will see clips and memes of stuff that is, like, like 12 hours old. Yeah. It's it's too. I mean, we're on the we're on the East Coast, which makes it especially hard because yeah. I think it shows up at like midnight West Coast time, and like yes, and there are clearly people actually watching it. Exactly, yeah. it's like we're not we're not yeah. getting up at three a.m. That's not happening. No. Most of us have and to, so go to work is, on Friday. You know, that's yeah. It is hard because you. I feel like I have yet to experience any episode as a blank slate in terms of like I know something. Even for this yes. one, which was very yeah. little, going into episode five, the only thing I knew is that people were there was a lot of chatter on the internet about. Uh, the amount of fan service yes, and whether it was I, good or bad fan service, and we'll probably chat about that. But like in going into previous episodes, it was like spoiled that you know, like I had seen actual gifts of Baby Yoda, and like people on the internet really tried to hold back with like episode one with the Baby they made Yoda it a gifts. Few days there, yeah, they made it a couple days. The willpower of the internet is not great. 
Um, they made it a couple days, which I maybe they should be commended for, but that was it. And then it was like, nope. Now it's gifs and remixes and images all the way down. Yeah, it's so. hard to avoid it. I actually have set started setting mute filters, like one day mute filters, starting on Friday, just yeah. because like I I you know, and I can't you can't catch everything, but like no. you put in like Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, you probably got seventy five percent of it. It's hard when there's the stuff that's it's image based, yeah, right? right? Oh, that's yeah, 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 you yeah. know. Yeah. Like uh, I mean I saw a million versions of the Baby Yoda hitting the switch with music right uh gifts before that i actually got to watch that episode so. yeah yeah it is hard to avoid and i i'd seen i like you i'd seen the fan service debate for this one and i had seen a mention in one of the tv review sites i read it just mentioned tatooine in the yes. headline i was like well <laughs> well, well there you go. i know that's happening so and i have to say it's hard because you can't not hold that in your head so like i was expecting things to be like like really bad like like Singing and dancing Bubba Fett's all, all, all up on the <laughs> Holiday special references, yeah. just left to right. <laughs> left and right. So, anyway. That's, uh, yeah. So, I love The Mandalorian. I'm excited every week. I am sad that we are now, this is the episode five, we are past the halfway yes, point, correct? It's, yeah. Um, well, that's know, interesting. This is a show I'll, I'll rewatch. It's, it's good. I enjoy it. We'll, we'll talk at the end, I think, because I think your point about us being past the halfway mark is, I think, significant just in terms mm. of what the rest of the season looks like. But let's uh, let's yeah. jump into this particular episode. This is chapter five. It's entitled The Gunslinger, which, like some previous chapters, I think you could make an argument that this title could have multiple places where it applies in this episode or multiple multiple people to whom it applies there's there's a couple people with guns some of them are slinging yeah slinging left and right uh so we open on a dogfight in space which is not something we have seen a lot of in this season so far uh there's a bounty hunter who is trying to shoot down the mandalorian in his little ship that looks a little bit to me like a z95 headhunter but i think it's probably Mm -hmm. not quite Uh, i i watch with subtitles so he is credited as man Mm, mm, that's his name (laughs) He's not yeah. the, not to be confused with the Mandalorian. He's just no. the man. It's just it's going to be hard when they want to make an action figure of that guy. So. Yeah. Well, um, when he gets a Delorean, then he can be the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, had to happen. Uh, that guy <laughs> who has like a he's got like a like a mouth thing painted mm-hmm. on his little uh, uh, breather mask. Um, says I can bring you in warm. I can bring you in cold. Yeah. You know? Well, they they cover that on day one of the guild school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like here's your here's your ten bounty hunter banter <laughs> yeah. lines. Yep. Yeah. No disintegrations. Uh, yeah. They're no good to us dead. You know, you pretty much mm-hmm. cover all those. Um, mm. The Mandalorian uh, pulls a little trick after getting shot up a bunch where he sort of stops, Yeah, I guess, in space. You can do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then shoots the guy uh, after saying, that's my line, in a very mm-hmm. Mandalorian fashion. Um, but his ship's not great. He's leaking some fuel. That ship has seen a lot. It has seen some, yeah, seen some stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, at the, he talks to a, a traffic control thing, and we learn he's going to Moss Eisley. Mm-hmm. Had to happen. It's in the yeah. contract. It is interesting because we have now been to a variety of planets, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them are named and some of them are not. Uh, so it is always interesting to me which which planets get a name versus which planets are not worthy of names, or at least the story does not bog us down with names. Right, and this uh, one, it the wooden planet had a name too, Sorgan. Sorgan, because the ice planet and wherever he was, the place that seemed kind of like gray Tatooine also did not seem to have a, a name it, right? it does get oh, a, it gets a name in it this gets episode. It retroactively yes. yes indeed i i thought about that as well when we were covering some of the earlier episodes they mm-hmm. never because like i i understand especially in a show where the dialogue is as economical yes. and terse you don't need the moment where someone was like well here on navarro we're doing this and this yeah. and this and i think like, eh. i like it i mean it makes it kind of like we just it, it like we don't get bogged down i think it was was it Rogue One where they have like the the title, yes. not maybe not title card, but they have the the caption with the yep. name of the planet? And it's like we're not we're only going to be on this planet for fifteen minutes while someone shoots someone. We don't need to come like we don't, we don't need, need to know the name. Yeah, that's sorry, like, that's too much just information. Be, yeah, like no one cares. Sorry. Um, and in this case, we don't even. I don't think they even utter the word Tatooine is never uttered. I think they so they mentioned Mos, Mos Eisley, Eisley and later Mos Espa, but they never mentioned Tatooine because they assume everybody who is watching this show <laughs> is familiar with Tatooine because it showed up in uh, th- four movies. I want to say at least, <laughs> yeah. The uh, uh, the most popular place on the outer rim. Yeah, so, I, that's always you know. weird because it is a place. Yeah, that's, that's, well, it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's in the middle, Dan. It's, right, it's, it's, you know. it's the dead center, and you also wonder how significant it is. Like, do people know about it now? They're like, oh yeah, yeah Tatooine, where Luke Skywalker came from, big deal. Like, is there mm. tourism? Is tourism booming? 
Do people mm-hmm. come out to go to the like Uncle Owen and Amper's moisture farm, the site of it, I guess? Yeah, there's like a really like long plaque there that yeah. talks about <laughs> You yeah. can't touch anything though, it's all fenced no. off. Like yeah. yeah, it's a historical society. Um so we land in a docking bay, which looks a lot like a docking bay from episode four. Uh, it's not the same docking bay, I think. Not the same. It's docking bay thirty five, not ninety four. Yeah. Um yep. the Mandalorian leaves the baby on the ship. He is touchy I... about <laughs> Yeah, this well, is an ongoing child, child care with, question. Child care well, question. Well, yeah, they, I feel like he just he's not figured out what to do, right? Like he doesn't have when he was in the wooded uh, wooded planet on Sorghum, uh, he or Sorghum, there was a they, there was a crib. Sorghum. It's fine. They had a crib. Yeah, that was I think that was a step in the right direction, but he did not bring a crib with him. Um, it's not standard issue on the Razor Crest, apparently, because this the 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 kid wanders off a lot. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He's the kid is not really a stay put kind of no. kind of kid, and he does not like have a car seat to like strap him down in. <laughs> um, he's touchy. The Mandalorian's touchy about pit droids working on yep, his st- ship. He still doesn't like droids. His still one personality like trait. <laughs> yeah, I, we, well, I mean, this makes sense though, really, when you think about mm. it, right? Because the flashback we've seen of him. There's like a battle droid. Battle droids, yeah. yeah. So apparently he's got some antipathy towards droids. That makes sense. Not, it shouldn't be shouldn't be all droids. So. Yeah, that is a little it's a little speciest mechanic yeah. mechanist. Me- yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so we uh, get our first guest star of this week, which is I was surprised as anybody. See, I stared at her for a while. I was like, is that yeah. Amy Sedaris? It is yes. Amy Sedaris. <laughs> I I yeah I did not. I was like, what it's is that voice. actually Amy Sedaris? Or it's the voice. Who, yeah, yeah. Like, also, I kind of appreciate that she's got. Is it fair to say 1970s hair? Yeah, it's very very big hair, very curly. So, I, big well, hair. I think it just establishes that humans in the Star Wars universe just have 1970s hair because yeah, star wars was accurate. made in 1977 so just canonically humans like human popular. hairstyles are established just happen to line up with what, what what we on earth saw in the 70s so yeah, yeah. that makes sense that's I, yeah. I, I i'm calling canon um yeah. so she agrees to fix the ship for the small amount he has or at least look after it she's a little yeah. uh put out by the fact he doesn't have more money um he goes off uh there's a scene here that's interesting first a couple things that are interesting one i did not notice no recently uh, uh our f- a friend uh via twitter todd vaziri um had pointed out in the background of the shot in a new hope that the docking bay numbers are actually on the wall mm. which is just something i had never noticed before because they're very stylized mm-hmm. and they're seen here too you can see the 35 when he walks out and i was like i really liked that it yeah. was the people on this show who do the production design clearly love <laughs> Star Wars and like the original trilogy and all of that because yes. this whole setup, you know, the fact we put aside the fact that we go back to Tatooine as a story narrative thing, but it's clear that they love the look of it and they are just like so careful in their attention to detail mm-hmm. because even if stuff isn't perfect, to me it looks exactly as I remember it. Mm-hmm. It just feels very accurate and very true to life in that way. Um, but some things have changed. For example, there's a bunch of stormtrooper helmets on pikes. Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, that's that seems never strange. explained. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It looks awesome. It's a great visual. I have no idea yeah, what's going who, on. Who, who do they belong to? Yeah. What's going? On? Yeah, it seems seems like things things. I mean, that maybe that was the first uh, suggestion that things are under new management here in right uh, in Mos Eisley. It also, it, I mean. I don't know if it, this Mos Eisley feels a little bit different than the Mos Eisley mm-hmm. we saw yep. uh, in A New Hope, especially in the special editions of The New yep. Hope. Uh, special edition uh, version of Mos Eisley is very bustling, and there are ships coming and going in the sky, and there's crowds on the street. And uh, this version is a little bit more uh, run down. Dilapidated, yeah. A yeah. little bit more Not, I mean, it's always dirty and kind of sketchy, but this one seems uh, like empty. Right. You know, it's, right. yeah. It's desolate. There's not a lot of people yeah. coming and going. This here. is uh most likely uh, in in uh, a new hope is probably supposed to be like bad neighborhood of New York City bad, uh, and now it's like you know I don't know like Milltown that the the business has pulled up bad. <laughs> well, it feels um, more like your uh, your western your western town, you know, with yes. the gunslinger rides in the town kind of. Yes, empty, it does. The little tumble very beat. dusty. Still very dusty. Still very dusty. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Back at the hangar, Pelly, who is our uh, Amy Sedaris's character, is playing cards with the droids when she hears what sounds to me, and you will back me up on this, like a crate dragon call. It does. <laughs> That's a little bit of fan service. We talked a little bit up front about yeah. that, but that feels... It doesn't quite make sense to me, because where did the baby hear that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Anyways, so Baby Yoda wanders also, out the ship. Also, even why? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense either. Where? Why? A lot of questions. How? How? The Force. Yeah, the Force. Oh. That's all we need to know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Baby Yoda wanders out, and and Pelly, as as all of us, is taken with him, mm-hmm. and uh, basically decides she's going to look after him. Mm-hmm. But she'll, you know, she'll charge the Mandalorian extra. Yeah, we get Pelly gets a decent amount of personality for a non-player character. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, because she's not totally uh, trying to rip the Mandalorian off. She's just a little, you know, she is m- not corrupt, just a little lazy. Uh, seems happy to play cards with uh, her pitcheroids all day, um, yeah, but she's, also she's looking to make by. a mo- looking. Yeah, trying to get by. Yeah, um, yeah. You gotta, you gotta buy, you gotta get money to to buy that blue milk. That's so. right. It doesn't come free, man. <laughs> no. um, the Mandalorian makes his way into a familiar looking cantina. Sure. If it's not that cantina, it's, it is a hundred percent that cantina. It's, it's my that feeling. cantina, which seems to have very new policies now. Yes, I, um, my my wife mentioned the same thing when we watched it. She's like, oh, it's plenty. run by droids now. <laughs> Yeah, I love not that. just it. And so, Dan is. Let's just look okay. You want to put cards on the table? We know we're going to talk about yeah. these droids. <laughs> yeah, is that so? Do you think is it the droid from Jabba's palace in his second job, or just a droid that looks like that? So droid? it is because uh, yeah. it the droid my uh, tending bar sure looks a lot like the he's a tor- I think he's a torture droid or. I, I don't know. Maybe he's that's, not designed for torture. That's reductive. Yeah, that's reductive. <laughs> he works in the basement of Jabba's palace. Yeah torturing slash assigning bad jobs and i will say that is uh ev99 which i remembered immediately um i my canon is after jabba like left i feel like that 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 droid decided to strike out on its own and open Mm -hmm. a bar well probably they didn't want to hang out in an empty palace in the middle of the agency plus you know we spent a lot of time like torturing people like maybe you wanted to like maybe you don't enjoy your job maybe you're like i need to turn over a new leaf like maybe instead of torturing these droids i can put them to work like in in like the economy who knows? Maybe he was originally a bartending droid who, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't, I feel like Jabba the Hutt does not always, like, pick the right person for the right job. Mm, a lot of jobs true. seem to be given out as punishment. So Yeah, that's not a good um, hiring strategy. No. <laughs> but, well, know, criminal I mean, enterprises. Yeah. Uh, there is yeah. also a droid that looks remarkably like R5-D4, the yeah. red droid, uh, astromech droid from A New Hope. But Sure did. Yeah. That- uh, there was the droid, I think, was it a, a sandcrawler droid? The droid that looks like it's like a flat set of treads and then oh, like, like a tread, tread well tread well yeah 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 okay so, yeah we got a lot of references of, here lots lot of, of droids but thankfully there is not anyone else in the uh which i guess makes sense there's there's the quick oh, they do a qu- couple quick shots to show you other people in the cantina but we they're new faces we, yes we don't right. see familiar faces it's not just all the same 30 <laughs> yeah. it's this is not cheers it's not the same yeah, people no. on the bar stool and the uh the the, the bith are not back there playing the same music <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> one more time i'm so sick of this song shut up and play the headstand um so uh the mando wants to find a job um the droid points out that the bounty guild doesn't operate on tatooine i guess someone does say tatooine um and uh which is like why do they not operate there it's this is it's why, a laurel why be picky, scu- why be picky? Yeah. yeah it's a scum of hive and villainy it's you know but whatever maybe uh, it's maybe it's backwater and they don't have an office to backwater um yeah. but that's right he's not picky doesn't want guild work and he is flagged down uh by our second character toro calican who yeah. is level level one bounty hunter. level one, level one zero well Who knows? zero inspiring intern <laughs> bounty hunter He's sitting. His, his employment status is a little vague. It is. There's a couple interesting things here. One, when they first show him, he's like got a. He's got like a coin that he's flipping, mm-hmm. which yep. looks to me like the New Republic logo on it. But we don't get a lot into that. Um, he's also sitting, I believe, in the booth yes, that Han is sitting booth. in. Yeah. yeah. There's no blaster marks on the wall. Come on. It's, it's been 35 years, Dan. They've spackled <laughs> those up. Oh. Uh, well, that's fine. Fine. I don't think it's actually been that long. Well, it's been that long for us. I don't think it's been that long for them. Uh, uh, well, it's like, it's like eight years for them. Ten years? Yeah. Somewhere in there? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Toro has a bounty puck for an assassin named Fennec Shand. Uh, and it, she is his ticket into the Bounty Hunter Guild. Um, but he can't do it alone, so he's going to recruit the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian knows what he's doing, and this kid is clearly in a little bit over his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandalorian, the Mandalorian is is getting. I feel like this was. There's a little moment there where he's like, "No, this is stupid," and then he goes along. And this is. There's been kind of the general trend of the Mandalorians getting a little, little softer over the co- you know over yeah. the course of the series, uh, and it you know. <laughs> with that comes hardship yeah that's right that's right he's opened himself up to some vulnerability here um but when you let people in you get stuck doing dumb jobs that's right that's right villagers Uh, 
the children, you know. This is your, uh, this is not quite your level one fetch quest, but it's definitely, (laughs) there was definitely a question mark over, uh, over Toro's head. Sure was. Uh, Now I'm a little, I just want to ask clarification. So they have an interchange and he basically agrees to take the job, but he wants, does he want the fob or does he want the disc? He wants the fob. Okay. So clarification. In bounty hunting, yes, there are fobs and there are discs. Pucks. 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 Sorry, yeah. pucks. Yeah. Uh, Sports term. It's a little confusing that there's two things, but there's two things. Um, the pucks are like, you get those, that's like the official, you've got the job from the bounty hunting guild. Yes. Right? And it's got like a dossier, and pucks are not, like, there's only only one puck goes out at a time. Yes, I think that, okay. I think so, but it's unclear. Okay. It's unclear. Seems like that, and it's got the little hologram, and probably it's got other information. Yeah, it's like a wanted poster. Now, the fu- so the puck is the wanted poster, it's a contract, because yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big deal that you only, like, when he was meeting with the guy back in the episode one, he, he was handing out pucks and whatnot. Yes. So, pucks, unique. Fobs, it seems like many jobs also have fobs, which, it's kind of hand-wavy how those work, because yep. they let you track all kinds of things across great distances. Um, also, apparently, pretty fragile, because you can just throw one at the wall and it breaks. Well, they, um, yeah, we've seen a couple. He, got, he stepped on one in the last episode. Yeah. I agree with you about the hand waviness, and this has come up, and I assume this is just something they don't want you to worry about, but it's yeah, one of those I things... I'm, I'm okay not worrying about it, because like, how, how do you track Yoda, baby Yoda, across time and space? Well, uh, and that, the thing know? that gets me here is he's like... <laughs> he breaks it, and then he tells and the he's man... he's like, I've memorized it. I've memorized it. It's, it. Like, it's like, what if she moves? Yeah. <laughs> that seems oh. weird. Okay, fine. Anyways... Yeah. Uh, he agrees to do it. Um, uh, there's also a, a, a logistical question here, a procedural question, I guess. If the Mando does the job for him to get him in the guild, does it really count as getting him in the guild? I mean, he I just assume, hired it out. Well, I mean, I think the deal is he's going to hand in the bounty, and then he's got to like go around the street and hand the money to to, to the Mando. Yeah, that seems it seems sketchy. Is my point? Yeah, I, feel I mean, like, I think it's an under the table deal. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, he Mandalorian does certainly doesn't want to be known because he is yeah. trying to avoid the guild. Yes. Anyway, so he goes back to Mando. Goes back to the ship. The child does a double. He literally does a double take when looking at where the <laughs> child is. Because <laughs> the child is gone. Wakes up Pelly, who tries to reassure him that like she's basically going to mm-hmm. keep an eye on him. But uh, his ship is in, needs some work. Um, but he's picked up a job, and she's excited for that because it might mean some money. Uh, Toro is waiting outside with the speeder bikes, and they zoom off across the desert. To continue checking off items on the things you have to see in an episode with Tatooine. So. Uh, yeah, so first we encounter, uh, we see some Banthas with some yes. Tusken Raiders. Um, mm. And we have an interesting very, very, interchange. Yes. Uh, I enjoy the Tusken Raiders because they just appear out of no... That we see them in the distance and then... That's I mean, thing. I guess they didn't... That is They didn't thing. sneak up on... Yeah, they didn't sneak up on the Mando, I guess. But but uh, suddenly Toro, level one bounty hunter, they're like standing next to him. Yeah. Um, and then there's the nice thing where apparently they... Uh, can, or at least they, maybe they can. We don't know if their only language is hand gestures, but at least their language with outsiders is some kind of sign-based language. I love that. And I think that's yeah. great. It looks and really Mando cool. apparently is fluent enough in it and trades some uh, binoculars for permission to cross their lands. The so. kids' binoculars—that's good. They were yeah. new. Yep. Yeah. They were. Whatever. Uh, I also like the interchange where the um, you know our level one bounty hunter is very. Uh, <laughs> He's got a, he's got a bit of bias, got a bit of pejorative mm. uh, feeling on these Tusken Raiders, and yeah. the Mandalorian points out that to the Tusken Raiders, everybody else are the yeah. interlopers. Yeah, yeah, Pick on that. trespassers. Chew on yeah. that, Toro. Yeah. Um. So maybe he'll grow to be a better person, and that could be the rest of. The- <laughs> yeah, we'll see him. We'll see what happens to him next episode. You know. Yeah. That's- uh so they continue until now they find a dubak checking that off yep. the list too check that off the list yep uh, this is nice because we had non-canonical dubaks on that other planet that's right. here's the original model and uh the mando basically goes to investigate what is clearly a trap um and it seems like he knows it's a trap right they're suspicious there's a guy getting dragged by a dubak yeah. that's weird you don't see that yeah. every day uh, so he realizes this is another bounty hunter and there's a fob and he just realizes that Fennec Shand is very close by. In fact, so close that she starts sniping at them. He gets shot like twice, uh, which, but he's, he's apparently that fine. that Beskar armor. That Beskar I, will do it. Well, I wonder if the armor is pretty like, like the warranty is voided now because he's, yeah, right. you can't return that. You can't which return Which is like, he just got it. <laughs> it's yeah. so shiny. Yep. Um, yep. That's true. It was so nice. It's going to be a little dinged up by the end of the season. Mm. Um, I also enjoy this interchange where he's like, well, yes. the Beskar hood up. And the, the kid's like, wait, I don't wear any Beskar. <laughs> <laughs> nope, yep. you don't. 
Uh, yeah. The plan is to wait until nightfall so they have a chance. Uh, otherwise, Fennec Shand will just shoot them in the head. Yeah. Um, Which I like. I mean, it felt kind of like a, a Western. You got to wait until the, like, it's not, we're not going to just charge this this dune and die. Exactly. Uh, you know, we got to wait it out. Uh, and it's just us with this this one person. It does kind of raise some questions of, like, does Fennec Shaw have a means of transportation or a camp nearby yeah, or anything? Yeah, would she but not we just didn't... leave, I guess? I don't know. Well, and they have that line, like, she's not going to give up the high ground, but... Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I did have some questions. So that, I mean, it's not quite your your traditional sort of Mexican standoff, but it is a little bit of a like stalemate, right? Where it's like, well, yeah. she could leave, but they're just maybe keep tracking her, and if they leave, they don't get anything out of it. So yeah. I guess everybody's sort of keeping put for the moment. Uh, anyway, so uh, he leaves. Uh, Mandel leaves uh, Toro to take the first watch, uh, and then we have another fun interchange <laughs> yeah. where the Toro comes. Toro comes up on him and is like. Hey, wake up! And Mandalorian doesn't say anything, so he starts to make fun of him. You know, sleep mm. on the job, and he starts like yeah. pulling out his gun and spinning it. Uh, yeah. And of course, the Mandalorian don't point don't great. point your blaster at sleeping <laughs> Mandalorians. You know it's what? A bad idea. <laughs> yeah, let sleeping Mandalorians lie. As yeah. the old proverb goes. So, do you think? Do you think the Mandalorian was just faking the whole time? I think he was awake. I think he's yeah. I think so too. Yeah, he's not a he's not a heavy sleeper. Certainly, yeah. I don't think I always kind of enjoyed that. Was uh, I don't know if you remember. Uh, in the anime series, Rurouni Kenshin. Yes. Uh, Ken- Kenshin the Wanderer. That's like, he's like super samurai badass. His one basic weakness is that he is a heavy sleeper. So when he's, he's asleep, you can sneak up on him. That's right. That's his right. One kind of kryptonite is, Wait, is the need the for thing sleep. that we all have to do. But he's a, an especially heavy sleeper. Especially so, bad yes. sleeping. Um, the Mandalorian asks, you done? Uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I was totally done. Um, mm. So the plan is to ride really fast on the speeder bikes. Mm. And then use these flash charges to blind her so she can't shoot them. Uh, That's a pretty good plan. I, I enjoyed that plan. Yeah. It, 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 I didn't quite understand why they each need to have one and alternate. Maybe it just takes a long yeah. time to recharge or something. Um, yeah, but, or sure. you have they, limited supply. I, I, was, I mean, I, again, it felt a little bit... I mean, it's a TV show. It felt like a plan that like worked for semantic points of view more than like what what if you guys went really far away and came back from different right, angles exactly. or something like Circled that around. Yeah, whatever also she's apparently really good because it's like it seems like shooting somebody on a speeder bike would be real hard but it does it she's does. An, an expert assassin i yeah, guess that's what fact, she does she's good enough that when toro sort of botches one of the yeah. shots the she shoots the mandalorian speeder bike he gets thrown off and then he takes a shot directly to the chest which mm. good news the best car holds up still yeah <laughs> just barely toro gets the drop on Fennec, and they fight, but he is—he's uh, uh, pretty outmatched, actually. Like, she's, yeah, she's I kicking thought, his I butt. was impressed how long he lasted. I thought he might, you know. Yeah, there's a couple. I don't know, especially because it's it's Ming Na Wen. Yeah, I, Ming-Na- it was like eh, I don't, I don't think you. <laughs> I don't her, actually believe that you could. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, so, if anybody out there doesn't watch Agents of Shield, she's great on that show and plays a very talented martial artist on that show. So she has a lot of experience with doing like mm-hmm. martial arts and stunts and stuff like that. And she looks great here. There's a couple great moves, especially. There's one where he tries to like throw her to the ground, and she like reverses it and then like twists over and yeah. throws him. It's really it's a nicely choreographed fight. But it, it basically ends up with her, uh, you know, getting the uh, the kid in a, a hold, and she's got him pinned, and the Mandalorian shows up, you know, gets the mm. drop on her, and uh, so much for that. So yeah. Toro's dispatched to find his blaster, which he lost yeah. somewhere in here. Um, Shand is impressed to see a Mandalorian, long time since she's seen one of them, and then she asks sort of cryptically, have you been to Navarro? And immediately, is- we don't know what that means, but yeah. clearly holds some meaning. Seems like it's the planet or town that uh, previous yep. uh, events took place on. Indeed. It, it, yeah. We, we learned that a little bit. Uh, Mando, so they have a little dilemma. Um, yeah, they have your classic, like, one speed wolf, wolf, sheep, bag of seed, and only one, <laughs> one speeder bike problem. They should have just all um, gone on the speeder bike. Well, or just, did she, did she not own anything? I guess, maybe not. Maybe you needed she the, you know, the last bounty hunter had destroyed her speeder bike and so she shot him and the dewback is wandering off and but you know she's kind of stranded um yeah so, they, yep. yeah so uh toro maybe maybe she has a speeder bike parked right around the corner and she's just not offering any help <laughs> so that's fair why would you uh toro is not too uh sanguine about leaving the mandalorian um with to go find the dewback so uh, the mandalorian sighs and is like fine i'll, I'll do it just don't you know she's no good to his dead don't kill her so he goes off to find the dewback so they can ride back to town. Meanwhile, Shand plays mind games, um, saying that if uh, Toro takes her to her rendezvous in Mos Espa, she'll pay him double. She, he reminds her it's not about the money. He wants to get into the guild. And mm-hmm. she points out that he has a chance to prote- uh, potentially get some street cred 
with the Bounty Hunter Guild because a Mandalorian shot up the guild on Navarro, took a high-value target, and went rogue. So she yeah. tries to convince him that he'd be better off taking the Mandalorian to the and guild. And she works kind of a, a couple angles here, yep. right? Both his bounty and the value of his armor. Yep. And, yeah. She's trying all these things and eventually says, um, essentially, the, the Mandalorian still has the target with him. And some say it's a child, at which point Tora has sort of a like, a wait a second, I definitely saw that kid back at the docking bay and starts to sort of mm. put things together. Um, she advises him to make the best deal for yourself and survive, and she'll help him take the Mandalorian if he, she just uncuffs, mm. uh, he just uncuffs her. Um, he goes over seemingly about to free her and then draws and shoots her in the stomach, which she is pretty surprised about. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was a surprising move, but it I, was. I guess it, it basically establishes that, uh... Toro's kind of an idiot. Yeah, he's not <laughs> so, very smart. I mean, he's smart no. enough not to like just take the handcuffs off her because she would have killed him. Like that's yeah. clear. Um, yeah. But he's not smart enough to like really play the long game here. Um, yeah. This is also one of the first. I feel like this is one of the first long scenes in this entire show without the Mandalorian in it, which is also yeah. kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So it's it was kind of a different dynamic from a lot of the stuff that we've seen before. Um, he takes the bike back, so when the Mandalorian comes back with the dewback, she he just finds Shan's corpse. Uh, so he rides all the way back to Mos Eisley, uh, where he finds the speeder bike outside the docking bay. And he's kind of got an idea what's up here. Uh, so he goes into the docking bay. Uh, Tora's waiting, has the child and Peli at gunpoint, and tells Peli to uh, mm. cuff the Mandalorian. Um, she does, but we notice, as she does, that he's holding the flash charge. Yeah, and Toro... Turo is not a full-fledged guild member yet, so he hasn't taken the workshop they offer to day one, which is basically don't talk so much. Yep, um, that's right. That's, so. that's important. Uh, also, always cuff your... Uh, careful how you cuff your, yeah. your, your targets. That's important, too. Mm. Um, so the Mandalorian blinds him and then comes around and shoots him before yeah. he gets much of a shot off. Uh, Mandalorian, and we have a, a momentary, is, is Baby Yoda is okay? Is Baby okay? The baby's fine. He's fine. He's, He's fine. fine. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian takes Toro's wallet uh, and basically pays off uh, Pelly with it. And, and it's the suggestion here that the Toro is carrying plenty of money, basically. Yeah, he does have a lot of money, which surprised so me. So he's kind of, I mean, I think he's like a tourist, right? That's the problem. He Or he wants to get into bounty hunting for the thrill. Right. Uh, and he's got plenty of money. He doesn't need it for the job. He, so yeah. that's why he, because for example, it's like, well, why don't you just also, why don't you bring Fennec Shine and the Mandalorian, right. right? And the answer is that he does not actually care about, he part just of, needs to get me, in. Again, part of me wondered whether or not he had taken some money off Shand, maybe. Maybe she had some mm. money and he robbed her when he killed her. But, you know, either way, plenty of money to pay off Pelly with and get the ship fixed uh, while the pit droids drag the body out to Beggar's Canyon. No, uh, fi- final, final fan service name drop there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, the Mando takes well, those off Those womp ship. rats will pick that clean in a day. <laughs> yeah, so. that's easy. That's easy. Uh, mm. Mando takes off on his ship, but out in the desert, somebody is following a tracking fob to Shand, and they kneel down by the corpse, but then we cut off before. Yeah. So what do you think that means? Somebody... Well, I wondered if she was really dead. Certainly seemed that's, like she'd been lying there a seem long like, time. Yeah. Uh, it but not is, impossible. did not... We yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of thought they cast Ming Na Wen, and then yeah. we didn't get a ton of her. So that was maybe bummer. maybe she's still around. Maybe she has a. I don't know. I, I, I can I can speculate wildly if you want. Yeah, um, no, please. All right, here speculate wildly. Uh, that wasn't Fennec Shaw. Fennec Shaw is has a twin sister, <gasps> and Ooh. they look the same, and they're both assassins. But Fennec Shaw is the deadliest, and they just killed. Fennec, the, the Shadow. Second, the second yeah, the second deadliest. lesser. And now Fennec Shaw is after them, or after the yeah, Mando. She's and she's pissed. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's good. No, <laughs> there you go, Dan. Writes itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it could have been... Part of me wondered if it was Carl Weathers. Could have been Carl mm. Weathers. Yeah. Could have been well, somebody so what else. Is, we I mean, because, like, what's, what's there, right? It's just Fennec Shaw, right? It's her body. Like, there's not probably. Is there a clue that leads you from her to the Mandalorian for people tracking the Mandalorian? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, or just somebody else had a tracking fob on her. We kind of, yeah. again, we like have seen suggestions that sometimes there are multiple fobs, sometimes there aren't. It's not yeah. really clear why. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe Toro wasn't the only one looking for her. Uh, maybe somebody's looking for some some tracking information on the Mandalorian or the kid. We don't really know. 
wh- who is after the Mandalorian right now in terms of we haven't seen have we seen the Imperials recently? Right? No, we have not. We have not. seen people that are clearly guild operatives, right? We saw the per- yeah. well, somebody with guy- a sniper rifle who shot who was shooting at Baby Yoda and never got the shot off. Yep. And then somebody shooting at the Mando's ship who seemed right. more and bounty we, hunter and than we import. Do know that everybody in that bar back on Navarro had a fob, right? Because yeah. Carl Weathers points that out. So it's like clearly there's a lot of other people looking. But those for Baby fobs Yoda, go to least. Baby Yoda, not to right. That's a good point. The Mandalorian theory, Mandalorian or Fennec Shand. So yeah, yeah. there's. There, yeah, there's a lot of things that could be happening there, yeah. and it's definitely unclear. But I, I, in the same way that the Mandalorian feels to a certain degree, like he's been accumulating, you know, allies or friends or something that might come in handy later also, down the also, road. Also, also enemies. Yeah. Yes, also enemies. That's my point. Is that maybe the enemies of him are banding together a little bit as well? Mm. I mean, we know Carl Weathers and Werner Herzog kind of have it out for him. Uh, there's a lot of other bounty hunters. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch going on there. Yeah, he is not. Cro- I mean, he is. A lot of people are dying left and right, but he has not crossed off any named enemies recently, which mm-hmm. is bad, right? You yeah, know, yeah. so Carl Weathers and Werner Herzog is not the list of people you want after you. Yeah, so. that's no, definitely not. Not in a dark alley, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought this episode as a whole was it was I, I saw people online, you know, calling it f- kind of fillery, and I, I can I can see that. Like there is. Oh. I guess it didn't feel any more fillery than the previous one, which I also really liked. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, these are the, he's traveling and he's bumbling from place to place and he's getting into trouble and adventures and trying to make money. And um, yeah, I will say I liked it better on my second watch than on my first watch. Um, I, I felt like maybe some of it is always like a little bit of expectation setting too. like I really wanted after last week, especially where we got like you know, a little more information doled out about the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was, you know, we had Cara Dune and stuff like that. I feel like it, it, it ramped up expectations for me. Um, and in some ways, if this episode had come before last week's episode, I feel like it would have fit in maybe a little better, just a little smoother in terms yeah. of the ramp up for me. Um, not not quite as much to chew on in this one. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it felt a little more like it's a great little self-contained story. Um, mm-hmm. And But, like, you know, sort of the over the overarching points that we get out of it is kind of what we knew already, which is that there are a bunch of people looking for Baby Yoda. Uh, and the Mandalorian is certainly becoming, like, as you put it, softer, a little more willing to help mm-hmm. out, but also still willing to dispense with like yeah. his mercy wherever wherever that becomes uh, applicable so yeah it's hard toro does not do much for me as a character i think the actor probably did fine uh but you know i don't know it, it I, to a certain extent i don't know how much i was willing to believe that the bounty hunter that the mandalorian is going to team up with this hapless uh wannabe bounty hunter because it's like, really, that guy should have just got a talking to that, like, this is a bad line of work. Don't get into it. Go go do something else. And not, like, I actually trust you to go off on a mission together for a thing that there's nothing in it for me. Yeah. Um. You know, like, what if, I mean, what if she at Fennec Shah had somehow gotten Baby Yoda, and so then he needs the help of this loser? Um. As opposed to, like, I'm going to help you because... Uh, the story needs me to help you, I guess. Right, right. Um, I will say so. that particular, that actor is uh, Jake Cannavale, who's the son yeah. of Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, I, I kind of feel bad because Bobby Cannavale gets typecast as a lot of villains. Um, Although I love so. him in, um, he's in both of the Ant-Man movies. Uh, yes, and he's he great is. in those. I he's yeah. one of my favorite characters there. But yeah, this, I mean the kid looks he looks Toro looks appropriately kind of smarmy slash hapless. Yeah. So I feel like he does fine in that department. But I agree with you that there might have been a stronger hook to uh get the two of them together perhaps yeah um like we don't i guess i don't it it just seemed inevitable that he was going to get shot at the right, end i right. didn't it didn't feel for no example shed a bittersweet yeah right like it wasn't sad that the mandalorian had to ki- that he got in over his head and made a mistake and the mandalorian had to take him out it, or it wasn't that you know he came around and died trying to save the mandalorian or baby yoda it was just you know he was an idiot and he was on a bad trajectory and that was where he was going to end up yeah so, i agree with you i think it would have been it, it, i no one shed a tear when he gets shot right like you don't feel like i love this guy i'm sad that the mandalorian or i'll has miss him in any way whatsoever right you know yeah so whereas there's other people that kind of come and go from mandalorian's life where it's like oh i, I wonder if we'll ever see him again like you know that ugnot so, that ugnot the the uh the rebel mercenary uh on 
on Sorgan. Yeah, Cara Dune. So, yep. Cara Dune. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if she'll come back. Yeah, I um, mean, it, it's interesting that both you and I, I think, commented that we like Fennec Shan better than we, we liked Toro, right? Like, we're more interested. And Fennec Shan does not have a lot of dialogue. She's yeah. got that one scene where she convinces Toro to not. Forget. But I feel like we're so, both invested in seeing, like, oh man, I hope she comes back. And I, you know, yeah. I think we both like Ming Na Wen. And they're like, yeah, that's great. I would like to see more of that. Um, but yeah, the uh, Toro, it's like, nah, that's fine. We got what you needed out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what we talked a little bit up top about the fan service thing. Am I was that something that you found distracting? Did you find it fine? Like, how was your feeling on that? I mean, I think I was sensitive to it because people have been talking about it on Twitter. Um, I think it was fine. And in, in, I mean, we were literally in some ways like literally going to Mos Eisley is not that distracting to me as opposed to we're on an unnamed planet and it will be littered with other fan servicey things mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. You know, apparently there's only one model of uh, doorbell droid, and it's the same whether you're at the secret Imperial base or Jabba's palace. That's um, a ring. It, it's, ring. it's an yeah, Amazon ring. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Solo and Rogue One did it a lot less elegantly. Um, and so here it's here it's fine, I guess. Yeah, I think um, for me, I agree with you. And in some ways, like it's like you said, going to Moss Eisley means that you want it to feel like Moss Eisley. And they, as we sort of joked about checking the boxes, like it does that, right? It's like, well, yeah. it would be weirder in some ways if it went back to Moss Eisley and all this, everything was different, right? <laughs> like, yeah. That would be more Dan, distracting. I mean, and maybe this is a stupid tangent, but it does, always, it, it always makes me kind of think about uh, playing the Star Wars role-playing game, mm-hmm. something something we did circa junior high. Yeah. Um, and the kind of two approaches that people would bring to that game, which was either let us set up an adventure that takes place pretty much exclusively in places that you know and recognize versus let me go, let us take, let us do something that takes place on the other side of the galaxy on planets you haven't heard of with things you haven't heard of, but is still using like the settings and the conflict of star Wars. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes the Mandalorian is like, look, we're here, all the stuff. See, it's here. Jawas. And they're in a sand crawler. Uh, but I feel like it also balances out with like, well, don't don't get hung up on what this planet is or, or why there are Jawas here, right? Um, or a bunch of you know blue shrimp farmers. Like, yeah, that's fine. I like that one. That one uh, that one felt that episode is that's the previous episode, but uh, relatively free of fan service compared to this one. Yeah, um, yeah. Does, there was some... does the existence of ATSDs count as fan service? I don't know. <laughs> um. I mean, there was that, and there was a loth cat in that one too. So like, yeah, there, there were... was a loth cat, yeah, yeah, which is deep cut. So deep or, cut. or at least, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, this, I mean, in some ways it feels like this is more designed to bring in people who maybe are just like, oh, I'm a casual Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know, fan, and I, I certainly know about Tatooine and Mos Eisley and the Cantina and all that jazz, and so in some ways it surprises me maybe they didn't drop it earlier in the season, right? Fairly mm. fairly far back we in the did season. The shot with the Stormtrooper helmets on spikes, that that was in the, the trailer, Yes, right? that was one of the first shots in the trailer, and I love it. Yeah. It's a great shot, yeah. but I, I, I don't understand it. I want to know more, though. That's the thing. It's yeah. intriguing. Well, and the, I mean, I think it kind of balances out with that we're on Mos Eisley and you're going to see a bunch of stuff, but things are also different. Mm-hmm. So I guess that helps me, right? It's that it's not the same guy behind the bar at the cantina. Right. It's, you know, things are different. So that that, that helps. Time has passed. Bit. Things yeah. have evolved. And so, you know, in the same way that frankly like i go i've i've gone back to places right like where i haven't been in 20 years or haven't lived in 20 years and you're like oh yeah a lot of this looks the same but there's stuff that's different too and i feel like it did a good job of capturing certainly that and and again it's not even i mean it's it's (laughs) much longer for us as viewers in that place than it is for those characters in some ways but yeah so um, i don't know my my expectations may have been shifted because of all the chatter ahead of time and so maybe i thought it was going to be much worse than it ended up being uh, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I think I felt very much like you. Uh, it didn't. I thought it was going to be much worse. Um, there are clearly little things. There's lots of little stuff in there. I, I kind of go back to what I said when we were recapping it, which is to me, they did such a loving job of recreating the feel of it that I didn't mind because mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like, oh, this is just a knockoff or a pastiche of this place that we've been to before. Um, but it felt like, oh, yeah, we're going to this real mm-hmm. place that we have been to before. It'd be like if you mm-hmm. were watching a show that went like, oh, the early part of that show took place in Manhattan. And now we're going back mm-hmm. to Manhattan, right? It's like, oh, it's a known location. So You know what? There's a weird thing with the kind of the fan service showing us stuff or having like, I mean, I guess it's whether it's like there or it's an Easter egg doesn't bother me so much as like the name dropping. Yeah. Um, like 
Beggar's Canyon being mentioned as that, like, at the end, that, for some reason, that's like, that's a little much. Um, yeah. Whereas it's just, you know, it's Mos Eisley. It's the main street of Mos Eisley. You recognize this. And it's like, that's fine. Yeah. Well, they're, they're um, so economic with the dialogue that when they do put something in, it's like, well, they put that in for a reason. And that reason was for fan service. And so it yeah. feels a little more jarring just because so much of this show in particular with the dialogue is very sparse. Yes, sparse. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that does definitely jut out a lot. Then if they're like, oh, there's a do back in the background there or whatever, or there's a do back related to the plot, you know, <laughs> like there's actually something in there that's related to what is happening, like the yeah. on screen. Um, all right, so the other thing I want to talk about before we wrap up, which I also sort of mentioned at the top of the show, is we are five episodes into an eight-episode series. So th- with three episodes to go... So where, sad. Where, where are we going, though? Like, what is happening? Where is Where do you see the trajectory of this show? Yeah, it, I, I mean, it, it seems like something's got to happen where the, uh, the adversaries are going to come back around. Uh, Carl Weathers has to appear... Uh, I forget Carwell's name, even though Grief it has a great Karga. name. Grief Karga, yes. Yeah. And Werner Herzog, whose character is unnamed. Yes, I um, think so. They, like, it seems like one or more of them has to appear uh, eventually, right? It can't just be their, their agents. that They've got to appear. And there is also, I mean, we, one of the things they established in the previous episode is, like, there's nowhere safe to leave Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. So, uh... It, is there a happy ending possible? Um, I don't know enough about westerns. Do westerns have sad endings? Yeah, some um, of them do. Some of them do because sure. it seems like where does where does this go? Uh, may, I mean, maybe the the last scene is they find like the Republic and they he hands Baby Yoda off to like oh yeah we've got a you know we have a bunch of Baby Yodas <laughs> is, is and we keep them child? all here. <laughs> yeah, we keep them all in the same orphanage together and they play in the yard and it's great. And we have some very patient staff who are going to work, work work there their entire lives with the same toddlers. Um, <laughs> wow, that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially cuz they're, you know, force users. Yeah, exactly. So, they're just throwing um, stuff all over the place. Yeah, when you worst. give them when you do not give them the right stuff to eat, you hear about it. So, um, Yeah, I, yeah, it, it's it I I'm wondering if it's going to be all outer rim. Or if we're going to go to some other settings. It feels like maybe not, because uh, that would be moving away from our kind of Western motifs, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So probably we're not ending up on Coruscant any, anytime soon. That seems unlikely. Um, but something's, something's got to happen with uh, his, his, the people that are hunting him are going to catch up. Um, yeah. I, I think that there's also a point where, I, I think you're totally right, and I think there's a point then where the Mandalorian is going to have to decide, like, can I keep running or do I have to go yeah. on the offensive? And I think yeah. that's that could potentially get interesting where he's like, look, I can't, I can't keep doing this because they're just they are, there are dozens of bounty hunters after me, yeah. and if I spend my time waiting for them to catch up to me and then killing them, like, I'm going to be at this all day. And it seems like the Bounty Hunters Guild is a pretty far-reaching organization deep pockets it looks like but it may be that the client werner herzog Mm -hmm. uh there's only one Werner herzog in the star wars universe (laughs) and when you kill him is i mean what's the the bounty hunters guild has to have a policy about this this has come up before (laughs) right so you kill him is the job is probably canceled yeah right so uh, somebody hired werner herzog though right like that's the other thing we know is that he reports to somebody else so what's the yeah. deal with that? Like who? And I think I think we know that there's some there are some people that were cast that we haven't yes, seen yet. Indeed. Um. So it, it maybe those are people higher up the org chart, including uh, if you watch th- the trailer, there are some people who appear oh, okay. in the trailer as well. That uh, you know, mm. su- there's some suggestion of uh, who might be behind some of this. Yeah. So it it seems like I mean maybe maybe we get another episode of uh, the Mandalorian on the run, getting mixing it up with adventures road trip with baby yoda and then things get real bad and then maybe we get two episodes of he's he brings the war to whatever's left of the imperial warlord who's who's contracting this yeah um, yeah and so. he's got he's got some friends now so yeah maybe that's part it of it feels like the show is comfortable like not everything has to have a question answered so like maybe we don't need to know what the imperials want with baby yoda um like i'm okay with not getting an answer to that it's, sure um so it, it, I'm fine with the show being kind of mysterious through the end, and we don't we don't need to get answers to all the questions it poses. He's the MacGuffin. Um, yeah, yeah. But he's gotta he's gotta end up somewhere too, right? Like you know, you kind of feel like where do yeah? That's a great point. Where do what do you do with this baby? Is this like yeah. is the next four seasons of this show like the baby getting older and the Mandalorian taking yeah. care of this baby? I mean, are are the Mandalorian tribe mm. gonna come back? Yeah, um, yeah. Because, you know, you could imagine one of the sad endings for the Mandalorian is the Mandalorian gets shot and he 
manages to stagger home to the armorer and say, like, at least I get to hand in my armor and you can make some new armor for the foundlings or something. And then season two you know? is the is the baby Yoda grown up, but as a bounty hunter wearing the Mandalorian <laughs> armor. Ooh, Yoda bounty hunter. The ears are going to be a problem for the helmet. Well, what if um, the Mandalorian takes his helmet off and he is a adult Yoda? <laughs> um, I don't think that's what the actor looks on like. Stilts, but, though. On stilts, though. <laughs> on stilts. Well, we don't know. Maybe Yoda was just short for his species. So. <laughs> We we have not seen a full range of those. That's so. true. That's true. Maybe yeah, there could you know, be taller ones. God, what's a six foot yeah. tall Yoda look like? Well, you know, he's very gangly. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's got a great jump shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I almost played number one um, for Tatooine, but you know, yeah. So uh, uh, if only well, they got the endorsement from Tashi Station. So <laughs> the Tashi Station power converters. Yes, they're uh, mm. they do very well in their league. Mm. Uh, all right. Any last thoughts before we wrap up here? No, I like the show. Uh, do we know? Will there be a second season of it? It I seems like it's quite popular. I think so. there will be, but I but don't But we might remember. have to wait like two years for it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it's funny because it's like eight episodes that are, you know, under 40 minutes a piece, but they're clearly very expensive. You know, you watch. Yes. I think that's so much of this show looks so good. Um, and they, I think there are a couple shots in this episode where you could kind of tell they were using this. Uh, there was an article floating around out there that somebody pointed to that's like this video wall technology that they use where it's like kind of like a cross between a green screen and rear projection that they used to use back in the 50s mm-hmm. and so i think there's definitely scenes where they're up against you know they've taken essentially like cameras to these far-flung locales and recorded them and taken these really like detailed shots and then use these backdrop screens so that when the actors are acting they're acting against a backdrop that they can see that looks like this you know mm-hmm. environment but like yeah. it does look a little off in a couple of places, but it still looks pretty great. I mean, yeah, I think this is a there's a lot of money is spent on this show clearly, and it's it's almost all seems to be worth it in my opinion. Agreed. So why wouldn't you do another season? I guess. Uh, I mean, only I guess if John Trevor was busy with other things, but maybe he hands it over to Dave Filoni entirely at that point. Uh, who knows? Could be. So. That could be. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. I would like to thank my special guest, Tony Sindelar. Thank you so much for being here this week. Uh, It's a complicated profession, Dan. It was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to uh, cover chapter six of The Mandalorian with my next special guest. And we will see you then. You're a professional. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complicated profession. Ah, uh, acknowledged. Uh, you can put that at the end of the episode after the music. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, how this game works. Yeah, I, I clearly do not even have to do this show. You can do it for me. <laughs> well, you know, Star Wars. Yeah, uh, pretty much.